Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters, intense themes, and situations spanning many literary genres. <laughs> Keep going. Oh my God. Including action adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please listen responsibly. Okay, that was something else. <laughs> hey, learned listeners, welcome back to the opera version of the KMQ. <laughs> opera fans are literally cringing and rolling over. Uh, hey, it's your host, Rose Carraway, and the unsung operatic hero. You didn't know I could do that. I didn't either. Say hey, or in vibrato, can you say hey? Hey! It reminds me of um, the running man. Do you remember? Oh, I forget that runner's name. He had all the blinky lights oh, on yeah. him. And <laughs> oh, it reminds he was me weird. of that guy. I was yeah. like the weirdest one out of the whole crew of yeah. running men hunter people. Yeah, but such a fun movie. Love that movie. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I got lost. Who loves you and who <laughs> do you love? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you guys? We have missed you. We've Have you guys survived Cuck Week? I bet you have and have been inspired. No? I yes. think so. <laughs> We've had a real big boost of people who are inspired coming our way so that's fun. yeah lots of new followers lots of people buying the insatiable wives audiobook that's so fun and and if at all possible if i could just take this moment to ask our lurid listeners a super sexy cool favor if at any point in your lives you are listening to one of the audiobooks that i've narrated and that big daddy has produced while driving if you could take a picture of like your car radio with the title of the book or maybe the the cover of it if it shows up and tweet that to us oh my god i will send you a free audiobook <laughs> another sure. one i yeah. would i would so appreciate that um road like trips. It, yeah sexy road trips are the best and it's just it's such a compliment and it gives my ego a little boost yeah. well a giant boost but i love that uh, we've had several people do that with insatiable wives so that's been a delight yep I love it. It's super fun to see people, you know, just for the record, y'all, we were the very first. Oh, yes. Just understand that. We were the very first to take that book on a road trip mm -hmm. and listen to it. Yeah, we had the windows rolled down and it was it was uh, quite loud. And so we know for sure that cars that were around us were listening. We're not saying that that's what you have to do. But if you're into exhibitionism, I get why you would. Yep. And that's fine. But remember, there might be children nearby. So sometimes the stories get intense and it's not, you know. 
for the younger, for the youths. For the youths. (laughs) But have fun anyway. (laughs) Well, we do have some news of an upcoming event. Um, I'm doing my very first live Moan chat through the Moan app. It is only for iPhone users uh, in case we've got any new listeners hanging around now. Um, If you have an iPhone, you are able to get the Moan app. And this is an app where the sexual community, just having live open discussions. There's educational discussions, there's fantasy discussions, there's all kinds of talks that are happening. Um, The chat that I'm going to do is all about cultivating eroticism and it's gonna be co-hosted by Mistress Kay who joined us for Cuck Week, which I am so thrilled about. Um, So the date for that live moan chat is February 25th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Time. If you get the Moan app, you can also set up a reminder. Uh, but put it in your put it on your calendar. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to talk about what is eroticism. Where do you find it? How do you utilize it? And and you know, Mistress Kay and I are going to go back and forth about what is erotic to us. It's going to be so fun. What is erotic to you? All kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're like a turned on by all kinds. Of I things. am. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. No, I'm not. I'm just. Yes, I, you are. I'm unusual. I think. <laughs> Even within the sexuality space, like mm-hmm. you kind of occupy a, a unique space of your own. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe during this live chat, I'll figure out that, oh, no, I'm not so unique. And then I'll be like, oh, <laughs> no, well. I'll be like, yay, cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but the reason why we're here today, we're dropping another episode your way, you guys. But we're doing it kind of KMQ style, the way that Big Daddy and I like to do things. We don't, Naked. we don't like to, <laughs> we don't like to follow the norm. You know, if you guys look at your calendar, you will notice that Valentine's Day has come and gone, and we did not release an episode specifically on Valentine's Day because, tell them, Daddyo, because it's our opinion that if you are waiting all year round to express your romance and love towards your partner, you're kind of doing it wrong. We would like to encourage Lurid listeners to stretch it out. And so that's kind of what we're doing. We're taking Valentine's Day and we're stretching it out for the rest of the month. Yay! And we would like to encourage you and hope that you guys take that idea and stretch the idea of Valentine's Day and romance within your relationship to beyond a particular day or a couple of days a year. Mm-hmm. Make it a daily observation of how much you love and and feel romantic towards your partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard to do. That's a big ask. You know, every single day we're so busy. We've got all kinds of things that are just pelting us with the the need to be, you know, to have all of your attention. It's so easy to take them for granted. You know, they're going to be there. You don't, they know, they know. No, you need to tell them you need to act on it in some small way, in the very least, some small way. I would encourage you to also, Big Daddy and I text all the time, I would say daily, in some fashion or other, through the Telegram 
app. That's how we flirt. And we don't get those texts mixed up with like family texts through the regular phone app text thing because (laughs) that would be terrible. We have a designated app, communication app that only we use with each other. So there's zero chance that we send a a nudie pic to grandma. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And there's so many fun, sexy stickers and animated stickers, all kinds of gifts. And you can include your favorite porn videos in there to to stoke the fires. It's it is a beautiful thing. You can be who you want to be privately. Mm-hmm. Cuz sometimes it's easier, it's less confrontational to to tweet flirt rather than you know, well I, say something sexy to me. I, 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 I got nothing. <laughs> let it let it percolate and then text it. It's super fun. Yeah. Yeah, so stretch out your sexy. Cultivate your eroticism daily if you can, if not weekly. Try to do Try. that. Try to schedule weekly date days. Put your lover on your calendar. That's yes. what Big Daddy and I do. Yes. Yeah. Carve your time out. Yes. You you really do have to. If you're too busy to, something's got to go. Yep. you got to carve that stuff out. You'll never make it <laughs> if you don't. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. It lends to evolving, too. Yeah. You know, and part of evolving is communicating, you know, Big Daddy and I have been together for a very long. Don't say it like that. <laughs> that. That was for a long. We've been together longer than we've not been together. Right. So we have grown up together. We've evolved together, and partners are—they're a team. You know, you are one, but you're also individuals. And communicating is hard uh, much of the time, especially when you're talking about sex and sexual things and you know this is the most common email we get is how do we talk to our partner about fantasy fulfillment and sex act desires and yeah um yeah they hear us they hear an episode and they go yes that hits my button all the way and it's it's a man and women we get it from both and and it's not just straight heterosexual couples Mm -hmm. it's it's couples of all kinds Yes. And and they go, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. How do I talk to my wife about this? And, mm-hmm. you know, often our answer is, well, just play in this episode, which is important. Like erotica can really get that dialogue going. Yeah. But you do have to take it that next step. Mm-hmm. And you got to you got to actually sit down and you got to say the words flat out plain. And it's awkward sometimes. <laughs> I get that. Mm-hmm. But you kind of you, you have to trust the person you're with mm-hmm. to be able to do this. Uh, so communication, we feel, is like the big thing. The thing. Whether yeah. you're new in a relationship or you're in one for as long as we've been in one, it's an evolving thing. It's a skill. It's super important. And we reached out to an expert um, who has over 35 years of expertise in um communication and relationships. And this is Dr. Marty Klein, PhD. He's been a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist for over 35 years. He has focused his entire career toward a single set of goals, telling the truth about sexuality, helping people feel sexually adequate and powerful, and supporting the healthy sexual and intimate expression and exploration of women and men. He has written several books, and if you are at all like me and and just love to learn about sexuality and up your sexuality IQ, the book that he wrote, his most popular is 
Sexual Intelligence, a very successful book. I encourage you guys to go check that out. You could even say it's a staple of the Mm -hmm. sex health Mm -hmm. book industry. It's that big. Uh, And so Big Daddy and I talked to him. We interviewed him about communication. You know, Valentine's Day brings up the romance and the love and the the ooey-gooey stuff. But this is our answer to all those emails that we get from you guys. How do we talk to our partner? Um, So we reached out to Dr. Marty Klein. We asked him, what are some of the key features that you see within couples uh, who communicate really well together? You know, that's something that we heard throughout Cuck Week. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Everybody who was successful in their relationship communicated well. Well, I wanted to know what did that look like, you know? Um, And so here's what Dr. Klein had to say about good communication. The three rules uh, of great sex are communicate, communicate, communicate. And uh, couples who communicate well, they, um, they have a shared vocabulary. So um, whether you use uh, proper words like penis or uh, pet names like uh, Mr. Johnson, it, it really matters that people know what each other are talking about. That's very important. And um, that people believe that the point of communication is connection rather than criticism, that it's um, that, that uh, communication is a valuable thing rather than a scary thing, or that uh, communication is a valuable thing rather than a dangerous thing. That was so good. It was so poignant. It was so perfect. Um, simple, too. I, and I like so it. so simple. Yeah. yeah. And yet, so, man, it yeah. can be hard. It's you know, hard. it's scary to be open uh, sometimes, especially if you have a desire or something that you're nervous about, that you feel protective over or or that you feel guilty for. Um, and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's a vulnerability. You know, again, speaking as a man, that's hard to do yeah. to be vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, ladies, give your your men some space, and men, do your women a favor. Trust that they're strong enough to handle it. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going to break them. Hopefully, hopefully, you've got a good partner that you can trust with. You know, your more your more intimate details like that. Um, I know we do, and man, like I feel so lucky that we do because it's you are. <laughs> it would be a terrible existence to not be able to be open, um, honestly, from the heart. And I love that he said it's not, it shouldn't be confrontational or adversarial. So just remember that. Be open, be receptive, and have the same common language. That's really good. Well, to help us celebrate communicating well and extending Valentine's Day is Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7. Truly the best out there. Yes. Um, Rachel Kramer Bustle has developed a series of books that we cannot recommend enough. It is an insight to female sexuality written by women um, and some non-gender conforming folks and some and you know it's it's so good and vast and varied and like women like women yes um, like we're not <laughs> we're not so strictly from Venus and men are not so strictly <laughs> from freaking Mars like people of a certain age will understand yes, that <laughs> well let's start educating them now look we're more alike than you know. Yeah, we're um, more alike than we aren't. 
Yes. Men and women. Yes. We're way more alike than we aren't. Especially when it comes to sex. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And we hope you stick around for the rest of the month because we are celebrating Valentine's Day through the rest of February. Here is Puzzle, written by Gabrielle Johnson. If Carrie's phone didn't implode before her brain, the evening could be considered a success. Two bridesmaids were already late, and they were giving her shit excuses about it. Her sister's fiancé kept texting to ask if his bride-to-be was having a good time at her bachelorette party. And her study group chat was blowing up. Carrie had assumed that getting in a group with uptight Melissa and nerdy Mark would result in excellent notes. If she was going to be the only black girl in her law school cohort, she could at least have the benefit of someone else's obsessive need to succeed. At least they would have that in common. She hadn't banked on Melissa's wanting to be in constant contact or her insistence on a Friday night study group. Yeah, if Carrie could have chosen when to schedule her sister's bachelorette party, it would not have been the weekend before one of her biggest exams. Candace was just this side of becoming a bridezilla, and there was no changing the date of the party. This was unsatisfactory to Melissa. She wanted to know why neither she nor Mark could make the emergency study session that night. On the other hand, Carrie kind of understood that. Mark's socials were full of him doing puzzles, binging documentaries, and making delicious-looking Thai food from his grandmother's recipes. Carrie also liked puzzles, documentaries, and Thai food. But those things, plus his quiet demeanor, didn't really make him seem like a contender for wild and busy Friday nights. The thought of him made her take another sip of wine. Some divine entity sure had gotten its wires crossed about Mark, though— tall and broad with dark hair and a gem-cutting jawline. He should have been a model, not a dorky soon-to-be lawyer who whipped out words like preposterous and multitudinous in everyday conversation, and in a deep voice that made her middle tighten when she thought about it too long. They'd gotten along right away. She'd found any other people of color as fast as she could, and he had immediately put her at ease. His quick, brief smiles and serious approach to his work made them fast friends. Only friends. Her eyes certainly shouldn't have been wandering toward him during class. She definitely never ruminated on the way his forearms looked when he rolled up his sleeves. She really wasn't going to let herself think about how he never failed to make her laugh with that dry humor of his. He was as silent in the group chat as she was, leading to a string of increasingly demanding texts from Melissa. Being in party planning mode meant her phone was attached to her palm. It did not mean she had to listen to her classmates all night. Besides, she needed the break from being herself, from being the good middle sister with the color-coded grocery lists and sensible shoes. 
she'd poured her extremely generous curves into a short dress, donned a pair of sky-high heels, and committed to having fun. As she poured another glass of wine, her younger sister Dinah danced into the room to pour a round of shots. Are you going to come back to the party? Dinah asked. I'm trying, Carrie said. I was texting Harmony and... Before she could finish, she heard a loud pounding on the door, followed by commotion. She frowned as Dinah grinned. Music straight out of a 1970s porno blared over her curated playlist. Strippers? Carrie screeched. She turned to her sister, who was twerking with unbridled excitement. We said no strippers. Dinah paused, ass in the air. Girl, you said no strippers. Fury on four-inch heels, Carrie strode into the living room, and the next few seconds seemed to take eons to pass. There were two men in the midst of their women-only soiree. One of them was a tall black man who had no right to be so muscled or have a smile so bright. The other had his back to her as he shook his pelvis in her sister's squealing face. That was a good back, bronze and rippling with muscles in a way that made her suck her bottom lip into her mouth. He had dimples right above the waistband of his had-to-be-tearaway pants. The ass inside those pants filled them out like a dream. Sculptor's fantasy. It dropped low a couple of times before the man turned to yank those pants off. It was impossible. Mark. Her Mark. Mark of the study group and the puzzles and chess documentaries. She skittered to a stop because her Mark was gyrating in her sister's living room. Carrie yelped and clapped her hands to her face. Everyone, strippers included, turned to look at her. Carrie watched as half a dozen things slid across Mark's face. Surprise, worry, fear. Then something else. Something almost sly. Then, like it never happened, the moment passed, and he turned away from her. His hips kept moving, and most of the party resumed yelling and clapping. Carrie turned and ran smack into Dinah and a tray of neon pink shot glasses. A quart of tequila promptly soaked through the front of her dress. That was it. A bra full of tequila was finally, officially too much. She had to get out of there, right away. Carrie cast a glance back over her shoulder and saw Mark looking at her. He winced, so clearly sympathetic that her cheeks went red hot. Oh, good. She'd never be able to look him in those beautiful brown eyes again. Carrie spent the rest of the bachelorette party and the Saturday afterward trying desperately not to think about Mark or that look on his face. She spent the Sunday afterward with her vibrator and every memory she could recall, the way light bounced off of his oiled chest, the way his hips moved and dipped and reminded her of all the other ways rhythm could be useful. She just had to get it out of her system. After that, he could go back to the box in her mind that was adorably nerdy hobbies and $10 words. That Monday, she was back to normal, back to her prim pencil skirts and yanking her tightly coiled curls into a bun instead of her wild weekend fro. She let work at the legal clinic distract her, almost completely. By the time she decided to blow off her legal ethics lecture, she felt downright dignified. 
Obviously, avoiding him was the best choice, the responsible choice. Even if it was, it was the first time she'd ever skipped class. Ever. And guilt tied her stomach into knots. To soothe herself, she dedicated the extra time to reading ahead for the next class. Twenty minutes after legal ethics would have ended, a knock sounded at the door. With a sinking stomach, Carrie slid her shoes back on and moved to glance out the peephole. She found Mark leaning down to peer back at her. I know you're in there. I heard you walking around. Creepy, Carrie said, cracking the door an inch. Mark stood on the other side, holding a giant iced coffee aloft. Can I come in, please? Taking a fortifying breath, she swung the door open wide and let him step inside. It was strange to know how perfect and delicious his body was underneath that button-up and those preppy boy khakis. He shoved the coffee into her hand and she took a long sip. Caramel. So, Mark said, hands in his pockets, let's talk. Carrie found a coaster so she could put the coffee down. Do we have to? Mark wheeled on her, flinty-eyed. Okay, yes, Friday was weird. That doesn't matter. You're my friend, and more importantly, you're going to be a phenomenal lawyer one day, so you can't skip any more classes. If it's really too strange, we don't have to hang out anymore. Carrie blinked at him. You think I'm going to be a phenomenal lawyer? His expression was solemn. Tremendous. Remarkable. Superlative, even. Thanks, Mr. Thesaurus. He gave her a little smirk. He was standing there, in his normal, everyday clothes, acting like his normal, everyday self, as though the world hadn't turned upside down. So, stripping, huh? She said. Mark held up a fist, lifting his fingers as he went. It's good pay. It doesn't take too many hours, and I make rent every month. She opened her mouth, but he cut in. I had no idea this was your sister's party before I took the gig. I probably wouldn't have if I'd had any clue. Probably? Your sister and her friends are generous. They both laughed. In the past 72 hours, she had been so tangled up, she'd almost forgotten how much she liked to joke with him. Plus, he said, it helps me tap into a different part of myself. Sexy Mark. Carrie rolled her eyes. Please, you're always sexy Mark. He gazed at her, eyebrows raised. To you? Her heart went too fast, and she heard blood rushing in her ears. Yeah, to me. Mark took a step forward, so for some reason, she took a step back. That step was all it took for the air between them to change, to get heavy and warm. What makes you feel like sexy Carrie? She swallowed. He dared to ask her that question in that molasses slow baritone, his eyes so dark and lovely. It was so unfair. It compelled her toward the truth, even if she wanted to hold it in. The way you're looking at me right now? He nodded, seriously. They did that dance once more. A step forward, a step back. What else? That dress I had on Friday night? Mark grinned. That was a good dress. I didn't know you wore things like that. Or your hair like that. Or jewelry that big. You're full of surprises. She snorted as they edged their way down the hall. Me? You're the one with the sexy side hustle. You got something against the profession? No, Carrie said, which was true. 
It just caught me off guard. They had finally backed their way to the doorway of her bedroom. Of course, she'd been a fool to think she could pack this away. This thing between them that had been lingering, waiting. That night had only been the spark. The explosion was rushing toward her. It was in the heat of his eyes, the way his hands hovered near her close enough to touch, the way his chest rose and fell, a mirror of her own quickening breath. He lifted his hand, stroking a thumb over her cheek. The second she went to lean into his touch, he slid, deft, teasing fingertips down the side of her neck. That touch burned her everywhere. If you want me to go, say the word, he said quietly. I won't treat you differently, but I want to stay, Carrie because your bed is right there and your lips are right here, and I want to finally... She rushed in and kissed him, straining so high on her tiptoes that her heels lifted right out of her shoes. He yanked her to him with a graceless need that made her kiss him harder. Her hands fisted in his shirt, pulling it loose from the waistband of his pants. She only came away when the choices were to kiss him or breathe. Even then, they stayed so close that when she spoke, their lips brushed. Stay. They stumbled together toward the bed, a flurry of kisses and wanting hands. Carrie was too desperate to bother with artful seduction. They fell to the bed together, Mark on his back and Carrie on top of him. She sat up, her skirt pulled taut over her thighs as she spread her knees on either side of his hips. Mark's palms felt like the best sort of burn as he eased his hands up the length of her thighs, bunching her skirt until he held two fistfuls of fabric. He used it to yank her down, bringing the hot, damp V between her legs against the hard bulge in his pants. I haven't done this in years, he said, hissing as she took control and rode him through his pants. Sex? Dry humping. He pushed her skirt up until it was a belt around her waist. He squeezed her bare ass in his hands. His gaze darted up to hers. Thongs? You've been wearing thongs underneath these skirts all the time? Carrie chuckled, even as his fingers brushed between the apex of her thighs, choking that sound right off. Sometimes. She whipped her skirt off without any fanfare, but his gaze lingered. Black lace, he croaked. It matches your thong. You're a matchy-matchy kind of girl. Under his breath, of course you're a matchy-matchy kind of girl. Mark, two things? Yeah, he replied, clearly distracted as he reached around to undo her bra. Never say the words matchy-matchy again. And please hurry up and get your dick out. He sniggered as her bra popped open and her tits spilled out of it. They both paused and then he hurriedly undid his pants. When that was done, she helped him out of his shirt and the t-shirt underneath. She smoothed her hands over his chest, down his stomach, his muscles tensed under her fingers. This is a little bit weird. The last time I saw you shirtless, you had your dick in my sister's face. Mark tisked. Yeah, but that was a work thing. She snorted as he pulled a condom out of his pocket. Wow, Carrie said. Someone came prepared. A faint red on his cheeks broke through the warm, golden tones of his skin. His mouth was open, but whatever he planned to say died on his lips as she snatched the condom from his hands. She reached into his pants to stroke the aforementioned dick. 
Mark, oh my God, who knew? She pulled him free and rolled the condom on. He twitched in her hand with such fervent, undisguisable desire, a shiver ran through her. Now, now, it had to be now. Carrie unceremoniously tugged her thong to one side. Her first real relationship had taught her to let go of the qualms she had about being a plus-size girl and getting on top. She loved the way she could control the angle and set the pace. She loved the way she could watch Mark's lids go heavy and his eyes all dreamy when she sank down those first lovely, agonizing inches. He palmed her breasts in one hand, flesh spilling out around his fingers. He brushed a thumb over her nipple and Carrie jerked. They're sensitive, he said. She nodded and gave another roll of her hips, adjusting to the thickness inside her. Good sensitive or bad sensitive? Good, she said and moved more insistently. Really good. He worried her nipple until it felt impossibly hard under his attention. Mark held her gaze with his own as he gave it a quick, gentle pinch that had her moaning, taking him as deep as he could go. He pinched it again with sharp, unmitigated pressure. The flush of pleasure through her was superfluous. She was already wet. She was already so wet. Even so, the bloom of pain twined with that building feeling behind her belly button and between her legs. Mark, you like that? he said, and sounded more curious than smug. She nodded and leaned forward, a wordless plea. He lifted his head until they met. His tongue swept out and lapped at her abraded nipple. He gave the other one a rough tug that scrambled any remaining thought she had. There was only the thrust of him inside her, the way she worked him deep, the way he sucked and laved and bit at her. Mark lifted his head for a moment, but she pushed it back to her breast, and he laughed with her nipple in his mouth. It was that moment, that perfect blend of the man she knew and whatever mysterious man this was in her bed. She came hard, with sweat and clenched teeth and fingernails dug into his shoulders. Trembling, she couldn't even put up a fight as he rolled them over and drove into her. Another fresh pulse of arousal blew through her as she watched his powerful body move above her, hips in that rhythm she'd glimpsed at the bachelorette party. She shifted and spread her legs to make more space for him. He made a rough, ragged noise as she grabbed his ass, pulling him deeper as he dipped his hips in a grind that bumped her clit with each pass. He dropped his hand between their bodies to touch that sensitive place with practiced fingers. His voice was barely above a whisper. Let me feel you. Please care. Mark pinched her clit, not with anywhere near his earlier roughness, but it was enough. She was so slick, that edge of pain exactly what she needed, and she came with a whimper she buried behind her hand. Mark let out a swear, and that was all the warning she got before he came too, folding her over, face pressed into the bend of her neck. Carrie held him close as her heartbeat calmed. Even as her rational mind came back to her, she found that she wouldn't have done anything differently. That both Friday night Carrie and Monday afternoon Carrie were equally pleased. With a kiss to her shoulder, Mark left to find the bathroom and dispose of the condom. When he returned, he crawled into bed next to her.
She smiled one of those blink-and-you'll-miss-it smiles before he slung an arm around her waist and let his eyes droop closed. We're not napping in the middle of the day kind of people, Carrie said, yawning, closing her eyes too. Today we're napping in the middle of the day, people. They dozed and had sex a second time, slower but needier still. After that, they napped more, until Carrie snatched awake, picking up her phone. Shit, we're going to be late for study group. Melissa will kill us both. Or worse, stop sharing her notes. Exchanging glances, they leapt out of bed and began scrambling back into their clothes. I know this isn't the time, Mark said, hopping into his pants. But I don't want this to be some amorphous thing that's happened between us. You know I hate games. I'm into you for more than sex. I'd like to take you on an actual date. Carrie gave him an arch look as she started doing up her shirt. What are you doing on Saturday? Taking you out? Well, I don't exactly have a date for Candace's wedding yet, and she's already pretty fond of you. Oh, she really loved making him laugh. She picked up his wallet where it had fallen open and out of his pants after the second time. She glanced briefly at his license, and her eyes went wide. Your license to ride a motorcycle? He gave her a sheepish nod. We're going to be late. I'll tell you about it on the way. Carrie shook her head, smiling in amusement. Clearly, there were many new discoveries about Mark to make. She couldn't wait. All right, Lurid listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was Puzzle, written by Gabrielle Johnson. You guys can follow Gabrielle on Twitter at Gemini Anxiety. You can also follow us at The KMQ. If you are not following us on Twitter, do so now so that you don't miss out on any of our audiobook giveaways. We're about to start those up again. Don't forget, I've got that live moan chat coming up February 25th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Carraway. Please do remember to leave us a review when you have time so that more lured listeners just like you can find us. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Fleslet, Eno, the little brother, Elysian Bailey, and the KMQ introduction music by Vivage. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. Edited so hard. <laughs> Stupid Fish. I just got laid. That's really horrible. Ha, 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 ha.